Hello, my let's keep it real people. I wish you could see me right now. I have such a big smile on my face. I am so excited for you to hear my next guest. Ah, it just brings tingles all over my body. She's someone I just met recently, but one of those people I feel like I've known for lifetimes and consider my friend. She's amazing. She's inspiring. She's just freaking awesome. And she totally believes it's never, ever too late to do whatever it is you want to do, which, you know, I'm all about that. You know, when I created these podcasts, it was all about inspiring people all over the world with education, joy, and laughter to know the true power that's within them. And man, oh man, every single time I bring a guest, I am blown freaking away. Suzanne became a theatrical public speaker by accident, by accident, at the age of 63. And then did a freaking, which I can't wait for you to listen to, TEDx talk. She believes no matter what your age, go for it, baby. Because you know, when you're young, you got youth on your side, right? Ah, the sky is the limit. You know, everything is amazing, amazing, amazing and bright. And then people think, oh, you know, you get midlife and eh, it's all behind me. Pish, 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 pish. I used to tell people when I turn 60, I'm just getting started. And she shows you that, you know? You have wisdom on your side. There's so much more you have to add with age. So no matter where you are on your journey, find that spark, create that excitement inside you, and then take the action. Have fun, my friends. You know I love you. I'm here to inspire all those movers and shakers They want to learn, they want to self-create from within and then go out to the world. They have their entrepreneurial mind, but basically they just don't take no as an answer. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston. Your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. (gasps) Take a deep breath in and put on your fuzzy slippers Grab that cup of tea, glass of wine, unless, of course, you're in your car. Then that's a whole other thing. But I've been telling this to you for so long. How long have I been telling you that Susan Sandler's coming on? Susan Sandler. I keep saying, Susan Sandler's coming on. Susan Sandler's coming on. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> Susan Sandler's coming on. All right. Well, she's here. and I can hear her giggling, but before she yeah. comes on... Let me tell you about this woman, because there is a lot to say. This is exciting. I didn't want to chat with her before, because I want to hear it all and share it with you. So, Susan is a TEDx theatrical, (laughs) and I mean theatrical, public speaker, clarity strategist, and fear buster. She specializes in guiding and inspiring people in midlife, I don't know anybody like that, to bring their dreams to life. 
Susan is an expert in personal and organizational transformation. She led organizational change and leadership development for organizations like Merle Lynch, the Vanguard Group, and national nonprofit Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. Susan accidentally, this is pretty funny, accidentally, you know, became a theatrical public speaker at 63. Woohoo! Her powerful TEDx talk, Punch Fear in the Face and Claim Your Life, it's awesome, received a standing ovation at TEDx Wilmington Women and continues to inspire people on YouTube. You got to check it out. The following year, she launched a theatrical keynote one-woman show called Wings, which is about life on the other side of fear and the journey to get there. It's also about triumph over trauma and adversity. Now, at 67, she's writing her first book, love the name, it's called Midlife Magic. Welcome, Susan! Yay! (laughs) Now I can finally laugh out loud, huh? (laughs) Now you can laugh. All right, good. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited you're here, man. Me too. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, Sandy. So... I guess you're not doing things out right now, right? Yeah, I'm not yet uh, back to performing my one-woman show, but I'm gearing up. I know, gearing up. It's going to be here before you know it. That's right. All right, so before we get started, I ask all my guests one word that would best describe whatever it is your past 30 days. What would the word be and why? I would say roller coaster ride. I'm, I'm hyphenating that, so it's actually one word. <laughs> I, I can tell you no one's ever said roller coaster ride. So really? That, yeah. Yeah, that's the word. And it's because that I'm getting geared up again to go back out in the world um, with my show and I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm writing the book and I'm beginning to connect with people again. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's like finding my sea legs again and reminding myself that I've got the stuff. Um, because as you know, you know, life is basically a roller coaster. And yep. so when we're in a transition place and we're going to move to the next transition place, um, a lot of our old fears and concerns and habits and all that stuff comes back. And we need to manage that. Mm. I was reading through your stuff while I was sipping my tea. And I thought, this is so perfect, especially for my audience. It, I mean, I think our mean age, there's a lot. I mean, we have young, we have old, we have men and we have women. But so many of them say, wait a minute. I keep hearing, all right, well, you're about ready to retire. And a lot of them feel like, wait a minute, I'm just getting started. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? You know, I'm just getting started. And I literally had a conversation with one of my mentors a couple of weeks ago in the, we, I take this course and we were talking about, you can't come to the table with old intelligence because Ooh. the way, you know, the way you, look at things, it's only going to get you the same thing you got before. And if you're trying to bust through, then you have to come with new intelligence, a new way of looking at it, a new way of thinking, because your brain doesn't like change, good or bad. It's like, no, fear, danger, danger. You know what I mean? It wants to stay just like that. Yeah, and your right? stuff is really dealing with that. Yeah, it is. I, it's a play within a play because um, 
you know, my, my journey is all about reinventing myself time and time again. And as I do, sometimes I, I re- had to reinvent myself, um, um, sort of kicking and screaming. And other times it was a choice. Um, but every time mm. that has happened, I've had to sort of rewire my brain because whenever you go into a new situation, you're in learning mode. And Mm. so all the, it's awkward. It just feels awkward. And as you said, the voice of fear becomes louder and louder in your head because it's warning you that there is some kind of danger when in effect, there is no real danger. It's just that we're wired the same as when the average lifespan was 31 years old and our survival (laughs) depended upon um, you know, being hyper alert to danger and being accepted by the tribe. Ah, yes. Being accepted by the tribe. Do we even care anymore about the tribes? <laughs> I care less and less about what the tribe yes. thinks about me. What about you? I'm still working on it. Mm. Well, we all, I guess we all are. It's just, uh, we all do, but I, it's just to what degree, right? Yes, I, yeah. I, think, I think that's right. When, when I'm at my best when I'm feeling good physically, especially, um, I'm like, I'm full of beans. Mm. When life takes a, um, turns the corner in a way that that's difficult. And and that's, and life does that. Mm -hmm. um, Then um, I might be triggered, you know, and my old approval seeking missile comes back in full force. Ooh. That's how I survived yeah. was by being able to please my father. You know, I, I just, we got to spend some time on that. I mean, you, you brought up so many things I want to ask you, but I just had this conversation with my friend saying, okay, you think by 61, I'd be over those childhood things. And she said, that's not the way it works, man. <laughs> So talk about that a little more. Why? Why at 63 do we still have the same stuff about approval from parents as a child? <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I had a conversation with God about this. I'm thinking there's got to be a deadline on it, you know? Yeah. Well, the science behind it is that um, about 95% of us is unconscious. It's our unconscious condition. Okay. So Why? Why? I need to know why. <laughs> well, I'll ask Einstein, but since he's dead, um, I, I mean, this is our, this is our uh, wiring. And then a lot of, uh, we're programmed very young before we're even, you know, aware of things. And that same conditioning is still in place even as we grow older. So we don't see things as they are. We don't see reality. Mm. We see things as we are. So the lens that we're looking through is the same, it has to do with the same triggers and all the ways that we learned how to survive and respond to the environment as when we were very young. And all of this is in place to protect us because, you know, our equipment is you know, from when we were hunters and gatherers. Um, yeah. And that's where uh, being able to access our conscious mind and having little tricks and the teachings we 
learn in regards to meditation and movement and self-talk and all that. And, and also, um, well, this is, this is something that I've learned is that behavior drags feelings. Action, you have to take action before you're ready. Okay. And as you take action and you become more comfortable with discomfort and you learn that you can do it, even though it's hard, even though it's awkward, yeah. then it's less scary. And therefore, our conscious mind, our IQ points are able to, I guess, overwrite. And, and that's not a scientific word. Yeah. Um, that's a <laughs> okay. Susanism. Overwrite I like Susanisms. Yeah. The, um, you know, our wiring. Yeah. You know, somebody would just say to their parents, oh my God, I'm thinking of, you, you, every time you talk, you remind me of some funny story and I want to have a whole other hour conversation. Like, <laughs> I think of like, that's another podcast. That's another podcast. All right. Anyhow, we'll bring it back on. But they're, ki- oh my God. So these, the, one of my uh, listeners said that their daughter was uh-huh. saying how they ruined their life by giving them a good life. Yeah. And that she had a great family, everyone loved everyone, they weren't wealthy, they weren't poor, she didn't want from anything, la-di-da, everyone's happy, no major this, she goes off in the world, all of a sudden something happens and she doesn't know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And the mother goes, I, I don't even have, know what to say to that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I get what she's saying, like there is, pros and cons of if you've dealt with more hardships and overcame them, you realize, hey, I'm not going to crumble up and die. I can do this. But yes. all of a sudden, but what, what she said, what do I say to that? I mean, you can't invent things. You, you know what I mean? The life was, she just ended up having an easy, happy life. I don't even want to say to that question. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't know what really happened behind closed doors. So there are times when um, parents overprotect their children mm. and they try, it's, it's, it's with good intentions. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we all have, you know, we all have these good intentions that we want to protect the people we love from the harsh realities yes. of life. Yes. And so we make it easy for them and they're, and on the other hand, they don't develop resilience and they don't learn when they're young and in more of a, you know, when they have their parents and other people who, who care about them, they have, you know, support so that they learn to pick themselves up. And, and um, so that is really what's, what is yeah. meant by that. Yeah. It's unintentional. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. Over, I think you know my age was said to overprotect their children. Yes. You know the helicopter parent. Yes, we did. Didn't want anyone anything touch them. Don't do this. That's don't right. do that. Don't breathe. Don't go outside. Can't go to the park by yourself. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right. And gave and and our gen, my generation gave kid in my not so humble opinion gave uh, kids too much. Yeah. 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 In their effort to make them happy. Yeah. 
You know what? Doesn't the pendulum swing back and forth though? Won't it go the like we'll get like okay, that was too far. Maybe we should. Yeah, given. I mean that's one of the interesting things. We'll see how it goes. You know. Yeah. All right. So this is huge to me. I was looking at one of your tips. You are not at the finish line. You are getting started, yes. and. I was on a workshop for women and one of the presenters were saying how her mean audience was uh, like 32 to 50 to 55 because that's when they have all their energy. After that, they've done what they have to do and they slow down and, you know, think of retirement. And I'm thinking, what the fudge sickle? Like I've always felt, I don't know if you know who Louise Hayes is, but like that at 60, I, you know, she started her, I think at 65, her first publishing company. Hey house. But at 60, I always even thought when I was younger, I'm just getting started when I turn 60. So I, you know, absolutely. And who knows, maybe, maybe people, you know, are like, yeah, I'm just going to slow down. This is cool. Mm-hmm. But, but not everybody's the same. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting in, in uh, writing this book, I did a lot of research about this whole concept of aging, old age, retirement, all that. And it's all made up. Okay. Retirement, retirement, Retirement as a as a as a concept was was just made up, and it and it, it's not relevant anymore uh, today for a variety of reasons. First of all, we're living <laughs> yeah. longer. Yeah, and most of us cannot afford to stop working at sixty five or sixty yep. or yep. fifty nine. We can't. Yeah. It's economically not feasible. Correct. The other thing that um, that we that science has taught us is that the brain doesn't stop developing like we used to think at twenty five. It keeps developing unless we stop developing. So when you are not engaged in growing and changing and learning in some kind of way, um, as you get older, your brain. S- and your body begin to collapse in on itself. Mm. So, so many people have started big careers, uh, have, um, have gone forward with dreams that previously they had deferred, or something has happened with a partner or something that, you know, the ground, you know, is pulled up from under them. And they were forced to make a shift in their life. And people like that who've had to rise up or who choose to rise up are so much more vital yeah. and healthier going yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was, oh my God, I just want to hug you to pieces. But listen, I was on this, um, listen, listen up. So I'm listening. All right, girlfriend. Um, you would be a right to do another type of show. Any, we got to do live. We have to do live. But anyhow, um, <laughs> I was on this conference for women again. You could tell. I, I mean, you could tell I'm an extra for. I'm going crazy not being around people. I'm a Zoom a million yeah. times a day. But there was a conference for women, and there was a young lady on. I think she might have been 23. A lovely. Let's just say lovely. But she went on and her audience, she didn't realize it was, you know, between 45 and 65, I'm going to say. That was her uh-huh. audience. Yeah. And she gets on and she's talking about all the ups and downs of business and all uh-huh. the things she's gone through. Now, she's 23. I want you to keep in mind. <laughs> and she had u- used her parents' money to start the business yeah. and she had lost it and whatever. She's accomplished a lot at 23. 
yeah. you know, wherever she got the money, she's lovely. But what she didn't realize is her audience is 45, 65. You can't say through all your trials and tribulations, but yet that was real to her. You know yeah. what I mean? Because she's 23. Well, somebody didn't mute it. Susan yeah. didn't mute. There was like a hundred women. Somebody was unmuted. Muted. And they go, Jesus, see, son of a bee. You've got to be kidding me. And oh my God, you should oh have so, the faces because we're all muted. But the woman was just thinking, saying, and she didn't realize you've got to be kidding me. And we started laughing and I turned off. I was laughing so hard. I had to turn off my video because I want the poor girl to see my face. But yeah. I thought about it. You know, yes, we have a lot more wisdom. But to that 23-year-old, it has been a lot of ups and downs, right? It I mean, has. That's yeah. right. That's her perspective. That's yeah, her from, perspective. And but we were all that age. <laughs> and thought we knew a lot, right? And yeah, and I probably would say the same thing. I mean, but here I am now. And I do feel like I bring a lot more to the table, a lot more. That's right. Because I know what works more. I know what doesn't work. I could advise people the stupid stuff mm-hmm. I did in business, personal. I mean, yes. you, I'm sure you feel that way. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the, I guess, the the idea for, for my book, Midlife Magic, is the premise is, is that midlife is the ideal time to create a life you love because it's that pivotal time in life when wisdom, experience, and freedom converge. Um, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. So maybe we should just look at it differently in that. Oh God, I can't wait to see the show wings, but cause I didn't get to see it by the way. I know, but it's all right. It's all right. That's um, all right. It'll yeah. be better this time. Like, I'm more experienced and have more wisdom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So maybe, maybe it's just a minor shift in going, okay, who knows how long we're going to be, you know, on this earth. But while I'm here, I'm going for it, like you said. You know what I mean? I'm going to go for broke. Like, what the hell do I got to lose? That's right. We, I mean, we only have between now and dead. So we <laughs> might as well do shit. You know what I mean? We only have between now and dead. That's it. Yeah, I mean, like right? you're going, we're going somewhere, way, some way. <laughs> so like, why worry about it? You, you know, so, you know, what the hell does it matter? Oh my God, you, some of your ladies, <laughs> who I love, the only name, nameless, yes. I got to uh, go out now that things are better than have dinner with some of them. And yeah. they were talking about all the stuff, you know, they do, because mm-hmm. they're mostly like 60, for their skin. You know, yeah, right. All the different things, the regiment, and I am the worst. And I'm like the, I'm good from the neck on down, but the face, yeah. I'm just happy if I wash my face. And so <laughs> I said, I go most nights. I'm so this is terrible. I'm so lazy. I think I just wash my face with the soap for your hands. I said, and they're going, oh my God. I go, but it's lavender and mint from Trader Joe's. Exactly. I mean, very and sophisticated. one of your close, close friends says, yes. I go, but I'll, I think when I'm 65, I'm going to start caring about my skin. And she goes, it's a little too late. I said, yes. Oh yes. my God. But now see, now I have something exciting to think about. And okay. it's good material. <laughs> That's what's so great about like things falling and, you know, wrinkles and all that stuff, at, at, especially 
uh, especially if you have a sense of humor. It just gives me, every time something shitty happens or yeah. I do something silly or whatever, say something wrong, I think, and, and I get a response, I go, that's good material. I could use that material. And, and see, you just used your material. I didn't even think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. You got to, you, you know, all our flaws are actually, I, I say rock your flaws and rock your quirks. Because that's Ooh. really what draws people closer, who really, who really get your energy and your vibe and you sync yeah. up with. Yeah. Although I just really want to know, I want an experiment. Do you really think <laughs> my, it makes a big difference what you do with your skin? Do you think there's things you could really do to help it? I know that's a whole separate thing because yes. if there is, I will, yes. I will start doing it. Yeah. Right. I, I, this is not my area of expertise. I only know that my mother told me, and I didn't listen, of course, when I was 20. Sue, stop pulling your face. <laughs> stop stop your eating face. the skin on the chicken. Oh, my God. She, she had all kinds of great advice like that, that I did not listen to, and I rude the day. <laughs> <laughs> I rude the day. She, I ate she, the skin on the on chicken. The chicken. I pulled my face. What do you mean face. you pulled your face? What do you, how do you I pull put, your it's face? It's like you rub it. You rub it. You, you rub your eyes. You pull your face down. Oh my goodness! And when she when she died uh, at eighty four, she had the most beautiful skin. I mean, my mother started a modeling career when she was eighty one. Shut the front door. Yep. Yeah, that's part of my TED talk. Is about how my mother at age 50 punched fear in the face and changed all of our lives forever. She went from being a meek woman who was dominated by my mentally ill father. Um, and finally on her 50th birthday, she had enough and she gave him an ultimatum. She, she had a thousand dollars to her name. She didn't have, I mean, that's all she had, but oh my, my brother and I had left home and there she was with him. And the story of what happened as a result of that brave action, and it was mm. relatively small, changed all our lives forever. I mean, the story is remarkable. And so my, I guess my wake up call was when she was dying and I was the one who had to take, oversee her care. And I was in over my head and, and I had to step up. That was a defining moment for me because I, my brother lived far away and, mm. you know, I lived close by. And uh, even though Oof. I would throw up when other people threw up, I had to make sure that she got the right care and be with her as she was dying. Oof. Oof. So um, it was the best worst moment of my life yeah. because it taught me so much about the power that we have deep inside of us when mm. we um, don't allow our fears to be the driver of our lives. I mean, it's going to be in the backseat. It, it yeah. will. And Always. it's helpful. Thank God we have that, right? Yeah, yeah. Where we wouldn't have made it to um, 2021. <laughs> um, on the other hand, it, it's not a good way yeah. to, to live your life. So let's, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for them because I really do want them to watch the TEDx talk. I know. I'm, and they have to. It's, <laughs> you got to. I'm just going to no. say, you'll, you're going to call me, you're going to stop by my house and you're going to thank me. So you have to watch it. But 
when you say I fell into theatrical performing, how how do you fall into it? Oh, God. Yeah. Let's tell that story. Okay. All right. So wait, um, wait, should I get my tea? Okay, I got my no, tea. No, I I want to I be able to tell it in such a way that I don't give it a lot of extraneous details because it's um, we you know I want to I want to be a good public speaker. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that I was a singer as a child, so I grew up in the entertainment business. Oh, I did not um, know that. Yeah, I I was a regular on TV shows and. I shows that aren't even on anymore. <laughs> so old, but um, but I stopped singing at 21 oh. um, for a lot of different reasons. In any event, so I for years, although I you know, might sing in a band every now and then or somebody's wedding, I did not pursue a singing career. Um, I w- I decided to do something else. So after um, so my mother and father both died. Um, and then when I was 59 years old, I lost my job. I lost the job I loved. I was there for 10 years. They moved the headquarters from Philadelphia to Texas and I wasn't going to go. So I got a severance and here I was at 59 without a job. I couldn't just sit around. So I decided to, um, have my own business. You know, I do. Uh, you know, I've done consulting and leadership development and all that kind of stuff uh, for firms, but I had never done it on my own. I decided that I was going to become an entrepreneur and I was terrible. <laughs> oh, shit, man. I needed so much help. I needed so much help. And one of the people I met was a man named Michael Port, who had written a book, Book Yourself Solid. And he was also, and it was about marketing and sales. And I enrolled in his course and uh, also, he was a public speaker. He earned, for a keynote, he would earn $30,000 for a keynote address. Okay, that, mama. Yeah, he, he had been a working actor. I mean, he was fabulous on the stage. So I, one time he, he had uh, this little seminar, and he invited people to come, and I, of course, I signed up. And I went there, and in the moment, he would have people get up on stage, and in the moment, he would coach them. And in one hour, they, it was like night and day. And these yeah. were people who were not public speakers. They had businesses. They were entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I saw these, this transformation. And so he decided that he was going to start this business of training public speakers. And he was going to do a beta. And he asked people to sign up. And ah. it, it was this enormous price. It was, it was really expensive. He was only taking 20 people. And I was the first one to raise my hand. And the reason was not because I wanted to be a public speaker, but because I was sick and tired of being afraid. And I knew that man could help me. And by making a big commitment of all this money, I knew I wouldn't be able to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. You're going to overcome whatever fear when That's you go. Right. Hey. Yeah. And f- yeah. and frankly, when I first started in the program, ev- all my all my demons rose up to meet me. I couldn't speak. I forget the words, like all of them. 
Yeah. And yet, I, with with his guidance and his his wife's guidance, um, she she they were partners together, and they still are. I was able to. I what I learned was that I was a killer public speak public speaker, and I was an actor. I didn't realize that I had acting. Um, I see. Yeah, I was a singer, but I wasn't an actress, and so I became. I used my so I I do different voices and I sing and I you know and I all these things that emerged from inside of me because I I took action before I was ready, and I had guidance with people who would not let me uh, dwell in in my shit. Mm. And so that's how I accidentally became a theatrical public speaker. That is freaking awesome. And now you love it. You love it. I love it. And and then after the TEDx talk, I didn't, and still, I was not going to make a career of it. Who wanted to do that? Yeah, yeah. But then when my TEDx talk got such a tremendous response I decided, mm. I guess I have to up the ante. I guess I have to do a one-woman show. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I, got people, I got people to help me. I got people to help me. And once again, all my fears rose up to meet me because it was mm. new. It was yeah. new. I'd never done it before. Yeah. Um, but um, I, yeah, it's, it's been such a wonderful ride. I love the way you've combined, like you said, you sing, you have voices, like all these fun things that are unique to you are your show. Yes. And your life story. And it's a short show. So it's a, it's 45 minutes. So, so what some organizations do when they book me, they'll book me as a keynote because it's really powerful or at the end or uh, what a lot of charitable organizations have done is they use the show um, as a way to raise money for their their charities, which I love. Mm. That's that's my love. And so the show is 45 minutes. And then many times I'll come out afterwards and answer questions with the audience. I have a conversation with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so it, it really um, I mean, people when people come to see the show, they bring their children they bring husbands and wives come together, girlfriends come together, mothers and their daughters, and they hold hands. And they are moved by the, because I tell it like it is, right? Yeah. I'm real yeah. on the stage. And I also um, theatrically present these different stories. Okay, wait a minute. What, when you say they hold hands, they just are required to hold hands or they no! just do <laughs> I might do that. No, I would never do that. No, no, they, they're so moved. It bonds them. Ugh. They become bonded. Ugh. Ugh. They, become, they become bonded. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you, you're not doing this virtually, right? We have to wait for you to come out again. Yeah, I tried, I tried doing part of it virtually, and it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah. So, you can't interact um, with the audience. You can't feel exactly. them and see them and touch them. Yeah. yeah. It's an emotional experience. Yeah. And is it, do you, is it the same or do you change it up? It's the same show. But of course, as you know, from as you know, because you're a performer, you get certain energies from the audience. Yeah. It's, it's, you, 
you respond to them differently. They're different. Um, and I've changed the show over time because you see what, what works and what doesn't. Um, but um, so far, the, the, um, the show itself is the same. Yeah. All right. We got to take a few questions in here because my peeps want to know some things. Are you ready? Okay. Just a few um, things. All right. Sure. I want to make sure if I don't, they'll be like, you didn't even ask her. All right. So <laughs> we don't want that to happen. And but by, by the way, let's just go back for one second. I never thought of myself as a performer until you said that to me one time at really? a luncheon. I thought I, I'm a public speaker. I speak a lot, and I yes. my way is entertaining and telling jokes. But I never thought of myself as a what? theatrical type of entertainer. I just thought this is how I speak. If that made yeah. sense to you, just who yeah. I am. But anyhow, but you pointed that I'm like yeah. Yes, you are. I That's pretty a, much a, am that way. It's a different perform. It's a different mindset. Yeah, never even thought of that. Okay, here you go from Bill, and his name is not really Bill, but Billy Bob wants to know when you get up on the stage and you tell your story about your life. Is it healing, or does it remind you? of your wounds oh that's a good question Ooh, damn billy bob wow damn billy, billy bob. bob sheesh i could leave my boyfriend and marry you yes <laughs> sheesh that was profound i mean whoa i didn't even think of that one but that's a good one that's a great question okay so so here's the thing one of the things that you learn that i learned from my teachers um about uh, performing on stage is that you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse, and then you rehearse, and then you rehearse, and then you rehearse. So that um, by the time you have done that, it's, it's like in your bones. You don't have to really think about the show. You are thinking about connecting with the audience in that moment you're having together. If something is too raw, like it's something that just happened, it's probably not ready for prime time. Oh, okay. Good point. Do, good do point. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And at the same time, there are plenty of times in the show where I, um, I'm, I feel emotional. I mean, I, I'm in the moment like yeah. an actor or an actress would be, but it's genuine. Mm. Um, and audiences, what I've learned is that audiences love to see a performer fight through the emotion. Oh. When you think about it, right? Yeah. Is yeah, it, yeah isn't yeah. that what we love? Because it's real. Yeah. And it yeah, is yeah. real. And doing the show has been a healing journey for me. Putting it together has been a healing journey for me. So I've, I've you know, it's, um, yeah, because it's, it's rough stuff that I'm, that I'm talking about. I think Billy Bob's going to love that answer. All right. Sally Bell. Sally Bell wants to know, when you get anxious, what is your go-to to calm yourself down? Oh, that's, yeah. Story of my life. Um, oh, we don't get, once you're 260, we don't have anxiety anymore. Didn't you know oh, that, Susan? bull. <laughs> it's just different. It's just different. And then you beat yourself up more because you say to yourself, you shouldn't have this because you're 60. Oh, you say, Bullshit. I should know better. Oh yeah, my and God. that makes so it worse. So I have this down? Come yeah, on, you've been through this brain? That's right. 
No, but you do, you do learn techniques. Um, what has been extremely helpful for me is meditation. Mm. So, um, meditation. So I, I have a practice before a performance. I did it today before getting on, uh, on the air with you, um, where I do meditation. I mean, I've been on meditation retreats. I've, I studied meditation for, uh, with someone for about four years and now I'm moving it into uh, walking meditation, doing movement stuff, which is brand new for me. I have a, a mm. teacher who helps me with that. Um, and I still get nervous. And what nervous is, what anxiety is, is really a version of excitement. So there are ways that you think about how you use your energy. It's just energy. And I've learned a couple of ways to moderate my energy and my um my fears and my excitement energy sometimes they work and sometimes they don't yeah i've had things happen to me on stage the audience i don't think the audience knew but inside um i was i was in struggle especially early on oh my goodness early on sure yeah so do you have a specific type of meditation you do is it guided or do you do it on your own i do it on my own and how about late the time? Um, it really, it really depends. I mean, on a daily basis, I would say maybe fifteen minutes. And meditation happens when I'm doesn't have to be a like a sitting still kind of thing. Like if I'm walking outside and I'm focusing on my breathing and I'm paying attention to what's coming up for me, my thoughts and the feelings in my body and I'm letting them and I'm releasing them. That's meditation. I feel that when I am out on my bike and I was having this big debate with someone, they're like, no, you have to be sitting still. And I'm like, why? I do meditate sitting still. I said, I meditate better when I'm out on my bike. Yes. And they're like, no. I said, yeah. I mean, unless I'm constantly going somewhere where there's cars and I have to think about the cars, when I'm out on my bike and I'm moving, that's when, and I'm breathing, that's when I feel the freest. And that's yes. when I'm more aware of my thoughts, just like you said, for walking. Yes. I don't think there's one way. I mean, come there on. is not, there are so many doorways in, there is no one way. The, 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 the best way is the way that works for you. Yeah. Yes, I agree. All right. So this one kind of crosses over about your tip, silver lining of adversity. Midlife is a time when we experience many changes and losses, most against our will. It often requires the rug being pulled out from us. That's what this young lady wants to know. With so many ups and downs in her life, how can midlife be a positive? It just seems like there's so much more things that could go wrong than right. That's her That's question. true. I mean, we could, we could certainly live um, in fear of the next shoe that's going to drop. It, it will. I mean, it will drop. <laughs> it's the way it is. Yeah. Um, in my experience, well, let, me, let me back up a second. The only people that I choose to work with now as clients, I'm very selective, are people who've had what I call hard scrabble lives. People who've had to rise up from adversity. Okay. Uh, I'm not interested in people who have sailed through lives, which is like two people, but 
I'm, I'm really, because you have <laughs> to have moxie. <laughs> it's like two people. But um, I mean, you really have to be hungry for a different life. You yeah. have to be, or it doesn't work. We're, we're human beings are lazy. I mean, we're, we're just really lazy. Yeah. And, we, and we just like our, our familiar territory. So the way that I see things and the way I work with people who, who are facing adversity and even with myself is this is a great opportunity to practice because you don't want to ever waste a crisis either with yourself. You don't ever want to waste a waste cr- Wait, I got to write is, that down somewhere. It is the best time to make a change. Like when my mother died, when I lost my job, when I had to pay alimony. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crisis. Right? Um, <sighs> all these different, you know, people, people when, I, when I got sick, uh, all these different things that happen to us, mm. uh, they sh- when our um, familiar ways of being no longer work, that is an important time to use this as leverage to make changes in your life when you can. There are times yeah, yeah. you can. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying, you know, we're, this is easy. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's not the case. No. In business, like I've been, I've had jobs and I coach people who are, who are working where the culture is like not great and they can't get anything done and it's, it's just a mess. But what can you do when things are falling apart? What can you practice? Things are, the, the Titanic's going to sink anyway. You might as well make the deck chairs look nice. Or you might as well practice for the next job. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I do. <laughs> because when, like when the, uh, the pandemic hit, and I'm working with somebody who works for a bank. She's in, in charge of operations. And they had to be able to um, quickly uh, come up with processes and mechanisms to give people loans, to give businesses loans who were yeah. who had to shut their doors. And because it was a crisis, she was able to work across the organization, never been done before. She was able to make changes quickly that had to be made anyway for, for yeah, the organization yeah. to shift for the future anyway. Yeah. She was able to use that crisis to shift things in yeah. an organization that had been the same way yep. for years and years. Yep. You can do it in a family. You can do it. it this is the time. So yeah. that's why I say uh, lovingly, don't waste a crisis. Yeah, I got it. All right, Susan, I hate to say this, but we have to freaking wrap up. So I have to ask you my rapid fire questions. Okay. I mean, well, you got to come back on. This was awesome. I it's, love talking with you. And it's so I, much fun. Yeah. Just a blast. And there's so much pearls of wisdom in here and little lines you should see my scribble scrabble here like i I gotta remember that i gotta bring that up oh yeah i'm still in that material all right here we go still shameless all right here you go fun questions before we go what is your favorite color blue what is your favorite food lamb chops oh my god no one's ever said lamb chops sorry i never even thought of that pizza ice cream chocolate okay what does one of your favorite days look like from morning to night 
<laughs> I would just say I'm with my main squeeze. Ooh. We've been dating for 20 years. We have no desire to get married or live together. It's fabulous. <laughs> my main squeeze. My main, well, boyfriend is <clears throat> yeah. juvenile. So, so I love that. Yeah. So, uh, and it would be, and he cooks. Oh my God. He's such a great cook. And he'll cook a wonderful, I buy and clean up because I can't be near knives. Um, So, and so it would be spending time with him, either traveling or eating and enjoying good conversation and sometimes silence Mm. and just being together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What's something you can tell us about yourself that most people may not know? (laughs) I have love daughters. Okay. I don't know what that is. I, it's something I invented. Oh, okay. I, I never had my own children, but I've unofficially adopted two young women, one of whom I walked down the aisle. Oh. And one of them, when I walked down the aisle, hadn't had a loving mother. Gotcha. And we met um, at a, in Tuscany, Italy. Mm-mm. And um, I... I guess I had to wait until 60-something to be a mother. Wow. Uh, and I, I didn't have to change her diaper, and I didn't have to put her through <laughs> college. There's so many advantages. Oh, my God. That's awesome, yeah. by the way. That is so cool. Okay. Do you have a show you watch? Do you watch any binge shows? Is there any favorite shows you have on Netflix or Hulu? I binge-watched The Crown. Ooh. That was the last one I binge-watched. I loved it. Okay. What about a favorite book? Favorite book is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Somebody else mentioned that. I have a million books. I don't have that. The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Okay. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, dear. A deer? (laughs) I think I would be... um, Oh, I'm, I'm trying to, a chinchilla. I, I think I'd be a chinchilla. A chinchilla? Why a chinchilla? Well, because they're, they're elegant and they're soft and they're rare. And like, I, 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 I and I'm, I'm very spoiled sometimes. I'm sort of like a Jewish American princess. And I could, ju- I think it would just be lovely. I'd just lounge around. They are soft and cuddly. They are. Okay. When I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Universe. Soul. Soul. Yes, soul. All right, woman, we have to wrap up. But before we go, tell them how they can reach you, find you, get you, do whatever. (laughs) Track you down. That's right. You can find me on my website, Susan L., as in Lynn, SusanLSandler.com. You'll find my TED Talk there. You'll find excerpts from the show. You'll find out about my book. And there are a lot of glorious photographs of what it looks like when you're in your midlife magic. Ooh. Okay. Anything you want to say we didn't get in? We didn't cover? Last words of wisdom? This has been joyous been fun. I was, this is so fun. I don't want it to end, but it has to. 
All right, my let's keep it real people. Share this with the world. You know you want to. Rate it, like it, support us on Patreon. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.